welcome to His Church Owensboro Podcast. We are so excited about what God is doing in your life, and we would love to hear from you. Visit us at hischurch.cc and let us know about all of the things that God is doing in your life. If you have been blessed by this podcast and would consider supporting us financially, please visit hischurch.cc and click on Give to see the many options available. Thank you for joining us. We hope this message blesses you. I want you to look at your neighbor today and tell them you're in the right place with the right people doing the right thing. You can be seated. Thank you so much. It's Mother's Day today. I was welcomed up this morning. My kids did good on the gift. They gave me a sweet little necklace. I put it on. We were going good. And then on our way into church this morning, they let me know that they loved me, but I didn't have any special skills. (laughs) I said, what do you mean I don't have any special skills? They're like, well, you really don't do anything besides what everyone else does. You just do the same things for us. And I said, well, thanks, guys. I appreciate that. And uh, I said, you don't think I have any special skills? And one of them said, no, that's not true. You do have one special skill. When we act up, your eyes look like you want to eat us. (laughs) So that was my Mother's Day greeting today. I hope you guys are blessed as well. Uh, Some mothers do eat their young for saying things like that, I think, is what happens. But we had a great morning this morning, and I hope that you are too. We're so glad that you're here today. I hope you've got a mom with you that you're treating special and loving on today. How many of you know moms are a big, big deal? So we're so grateful for you today. Thank you for all that you do for the world. Thank you for raising good kids and spending time making sure that they do right even if you have to use the I'm going to eat you eyes. We are so glad that you are uh, encouraging kids because they are who is going to make up the next generation, that next set of believers that walk into this nation and change the world through their influence. We have the mighty privilege every single day as moms to take kids that everyone else sees as normal, but God gives us the ability to see in them the special because they're ours. And so how many of you know your kids are special? No matter what anybody says, they're special. And God gives each and every mother a love for them so that they'll raise up a generation of young people that understand who God is, that understand that he loves them. And if you're here today and you're with your mom, I want to encourage you that if you want to give her the best Mother's Day gift in the world, just serve Jesus. That's the best thing that you can do because the Bible says it so clear. It says, no greater joy do I have than to see that my children are walking in the truth. That's how we honor our parents, by serving God with our lives, with our hearts, with our attitude, with our life, with our marriages, with everything that we have, we serve Jesus. And in doing that, we bring honor to our mom and dad. I had the privilege and the honor of uh, witnessing a marriage last night to, of two precious young people that have been in our church. And I think they're here this morning. Michaela and Tyler uh, Wathen got married last night. Y'all give them a big hand clap.
I love it when young people get married. And I was just watching Angie and Frank, you did a good job, man. You just killed it in the kid raising department. And uh, such precious kids. They've both been interns at the church. And I was watching and thinking, I don't think that there's one thing that a kid could do besides serve Jesus that makes moms more proud and happy and grateful for what God's done. So keep on doing that. That can be your gift this year. You can tell your mom, mom, I forgot the gift, but I'm serving Jesus. You're welcome. So we are glad uh, that you are here this morning. I want you, if you will, to turn with me to Exodus chapter 2 this morning. We're going to pick up in scripture in a passage that is all about a mother and her journey with God. As I speak this morning, I brought this minion with me. He's a Pez dispenser. How many of you love Pez? I talk about this often. It's kind of my, it's kind of one of my things. But every time that I think about who we are and what we do for God, I think about Pez dispensers. Why? Because every time they open their mouth, something sweet pops out, right? And it makes it fun because you, as you put the Pez in this dispenser for your children, you can eat half of them without them even knowing. They fall out everywhere. And you can, and it's like, it's almost not like a cheat because it's just a little bitty piece of candy, right? So you don't think about it too much. But these come in all personalities, all shapes, all sizes. I have a minion today. One of the kids back there said, I don't like minions. They didn't want to look at it. But every single one has a different face. It has a different top on it that represents a different character. And it can be uh, really just anything, cartoon characters. They actually make Pez dispensers to look like you if you want to, almost like little bobblehead Pez dispensers. Every time that you go to a big candy store, they have all kinds of sizes and shapes. You can get them Star Wars characters, anything that you want. And it reminds me of the people of God. God makes us all in different sizes, shapes. He makes our faces different, and he does it for a reason. If all of us were the same, we would be the most boring clan of people that has ever existed. But when God makes us every color and shape and size and personality and all of those things, he makes us so perfect to attract everyone to Jesus. And every single time that we open our mouth, I'm believing, will you believe with me that as the people of God right here at his church, that every time we open our mouth that something sweet pops out. The Bible says that your words were sweet and I did eat them and they became the joy and the rejoicing of my heart. Your words, God, they are sweet and I eat them and they become the joy and the rejoicing of our heart. Also in scripture, it says, may the words of my mouth and the meditations of my heart be pleasing in your sight, O God. I want you to be reminded today and You really just use this as a picture that every time that we open our mouth, whatever we've put inside of us is going to come back into the world around us. Others, our children, our families, those people that we work with. Every single time that we open our mouth, whatever we have placed in our heart is going to begin to come out. And I'm believing that as we sit here in the sanctuary, as we sit in the house of God today, that the word of God will be sweet and we will eat it and it will become the joy and the rejoicing of our heart and that from that 
the words of our mouth and the meditations of our heart will be found pleasing to the God that we serve. How many of you really just want that in your life? You want the words of your mouth and the meditation of your heart to be pleasing in the sight of God. That's why you come to church is because you're looking for God to make you who he's called you to be and not who the world tries to to make you. You come here to be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Every time that you step into the house of God and you allow the word of God to come into your heart, come into your life, you allow the word of God to come into your kids' hearts and your kids' lives as they dwell back there in that kid's zone where they're being taught age appropriately. Every single time that we submit ourselves to the house of God, we are ensuring that the world meets Jesus in a way that every time that our mouth opens, something sweet comes out and it affects their life. How many of you want that today? You do, don't you? How many of you are like me and your mouth is the biggest problem in your life? Anybody? If you're brave enough to raise your hand, Chris Geary, come on up here. I know that's you. I'm going to give you this Pez dispenser. (laughs) Now you got to hurry, man. You can't just saunter up to the altar to get your Pez dispenser. You got to run. Chris Geary's a great man. Y'all give Chris Geary a hand clap. Thank you, sir. He was the only one waving. He was brave and honest. He said, yes, me. Let's go to Exodus 2 today. In this story, we're going to find the people of God, the Israelites, and they begin to multiply and do well, really under Joseph's reign. And then uh, the Pharaoh changes, and Pharaoh doesn't know Joseph as well. And he looks into the people of God, and he looks to see that they are multiplying rapidly. Everyone say rapidly. God believes in multiplication. I love every size church. I love small church, medium-sized churches, and big churches. I don't really care what kind of church. I just love church. But I tell you what I don't like. I don't like church that's not growing. It's church, no matter what size, has to have an element of multiplication to be healthy. Because if we're actually feeding people the Word of God and they're actually growing in their spiritual maturity, there is no other option besides that the church will multiply. Because as we go out into the world, we begin to tell people of the love of Jesus and how He wants them and saves them. And we can't get our church to a specific number and then just say, you know, we're kind of excited about this size, so you have to not know Jesus. Because we can't multiply anymore because, well, to be real honest, we just kind of like this size church, so I am sorry that you're going to have to not make heaven because I can't witness to you. How many of you know that is a bizarre Christian thought? Like, nobody in their right mind would ever tell someone, no, I will not let you receive Jesus and come in and be discipled. And so from that concept of God, we must find ourselves multiplying. How many of you know anything that's healthy is growing? If my kids stop growing, we start making a trip to whoever it's going to take to make sure that those kids continue to grow. Why? Because alarms start going off in parents if if children aren't growing because they know that something is wrong. The people of God were always called by God to multiply. And whenever these 
Israelites began to do exactly what they were called by God to do. And exactly the purpose of God was to multiply the number because they knew that as they expanded, if there were more of them, they had a greater chance of fulfilling the purposes of God. And so they continued to multiply. And Pharaoh got very nervous about the direction because he knew that if any other enemy came in, All they would have to do was get the Israelites talked into going with them and they could take them over. And so this Pharaoh did what they did sometimes back in those days and he decided that every male child would be thrown into the river and destroyed so that they could keep them from multiplying. How many of you know that any time you begin to murder children, you're in dangerous territory with God? And so every nation that chooses this direction finds themselves in extreme danger with the Lord himself. God protects those who are innocent, those who cannot protect themselves. God goes out in his garrison of war against people that go out against people that can't defend themselves. It actually means that God puts on his war clothing and he goes out to fight against you. I don't know about you, but I don't want God putting his war clothes on whenever he thinks about me. So when these people began to deliver babies, he would actually tell the midwives to take the children from their mothers and throw them in the river. But the midwives feared the Lord. And so they weren't able to do what Pharaoh wanted. And they began to make excuses and say, these Hebrew women, they're strong and mighty and fierce. And before we ever even get there, they've already delivered the baby and we can't get it from them. And Pharaoh is getting frustrated as they continue to do what they need to do to be honoring to God and not honoring to Pharaoh himself. I want us to look in chapter 2 and verse 1 where we find a mother that is a very important mother in Scripture. She is sitting in a room knowing that this is about to happen to her son and knowing that God has something better. How many of you know messing with a mama is not a good idea? And a man of the house of Levi went and took his wife, a daughter of Levi. So the woman conceived and she bore a son. And when she saw that he was a beautiful child, she hid him three months. But when she could no longer hide him, she took an ark of bulrushes for him, daubed it with asphalt and pitch, put the child in it and laid it in the reeds by the river's bank. And his sister stood afar off to know what would be done to him. Then the daughter of Pharaoh came down to bathe at the river, and her maidens walked along the riverside. And when she saw the ark among the reeds, she went and sent her maid to get it. When she opened it, she saw the child, and behold, the baby wept. So she had compassion on him, and she said, This is one of the Hebrews' children. She knew immediately where he had come from. Then his sister said to Pharaoh's daughter, shall I go and call a nurse for you from the Hebrew women that she may nurse the child for you? And Pharaoh's daughter said to her, go. So the maiden went and called the child's mother. Then Pharaoh's daughter said to her, take this child away and nurse him for me and I will give you wages. So the woman took the child, she nursed him. And the child grew, and she brought him to Pharaoh's daughter, and he became her son. So she called his name Moses, saying, Because I drew him out 
of the water. I want to talk to you this morning about mothers and midwives in the house of God, in and amongst the people of God. These are both very important characters, and we see her here as she delivers this child. You know, she knew that she had the dream of God on the inside of her. What she probably did not know was how influential and important Moses would end up being. You see, Moses was just supposed to be another normal Hebrew child that lived and dwelt among the Hebrews and ran and played and grew up as friends with them. But God had another purpose, and he had another plan for this baby. And as he grew up, he would grow up in the house of Pharaoh, and he would be trained, and he would be taught to write, and he would be taught at a high level of education that would cause him to be able to lead people and actually lead them out of Egypt. Moses was powerful, and he was important But it didn't start looking like that. You know, no dream starts looking that important to normal people that are just standing around. In fact, probably just looked like any other day amongst the Hebrew women as she delivered this baby. But she knew that if she would honor God, that God would honor her. She hid that baby three months. Can you imagine hiding a newborn baby for three months as they search to seize those children from your household. I've raised three children, and there was no hiding their scream until three months old. I'm not exactly sure how she accomplished it, but she hid this child for three months. I do know something about the dreams and the plans of God. There are times in life when you have things in your heart and in your life that God places there, really in your spiritual womb, if you will, and you have them growing on the inside of you and growing on the inside of you and growing on the inside of you, and the people around you may not ever see them. You're preparing. You're knowing that that baby is on the way, that that dream, that that vision, that that purpose of God that's in your heart. I don't know what it is because every single one of you are so intricately different and beautiful and made by God to be that way. Your dream is not supposed to be my dream. And my dream is not supposed to be your dream unless it's just kingdom dreams that churches share as we pursue the vision of God as a body. There are a lot of individuals that have individual dreams and individual pursuits, and it's because God wants us to do very individual things so that we can touch individual people and affect individual sections of the earth, and God wants to make that happen in us. So he births things on the inside of us. Maybe it's a business. Maybe you want a family. Maybe you have a deep desire to have a marriage and no one in your family has ever made a successful attempt at that thing. Maybe you have a ministry in your heart that is birthed through God and you know it's there, but nonetheless, whatever it is, whatever that thing is on the inside of you, God placed it there and it grows. And I've noticed something about babies. Babies come when babies want to come. Has anyone noticed that? You can do a lot of things, and you really can go in and do surgery and get them out. But we all know that in the natural state, in the way that is healthiest for the child, the baby comes when the baby wants to come. Babies are not pushed and prodded by our schedule. They really do not care if it's a good day for you. 
I remember whenever I had my first child that I called in the middle of staff meeting. Now, you may not know this about my husband, but staff meeting is a holy time. He loves staff meeting. He loves that once a week meeting. It's when he connects with every leader and every person that works with us. And he considers it to be precious. It is a time that is not infringed upon. He shows up every week. He doesn't go without it unless it's absolutely no other way that he can get that time accomplished. Of course, my child came during staff meeting. I called Brian and I said, Brian, the baby is on the way. And he said, do you think that you could wait until staff meeting is over? I said, sir, if you do not want to die today, I suggest that you get in the car. It's not nice to talk about someone when they're not here, but it's oh so fun. He would probably tell that story differently. I also remember that whenever he showed up at the hospital, he was wearing the one shirt that I told him not to wear to the hospital. It's my least favorite shirt that he owned. He looked like an 80-year-old man, and he was 28. I told him I didn't want him wearing that shirt. I didn't like that shirt. Please to never wear that shirt again, and especially whatever you do, don't wear it at the hospital when the baby's born because all of the pictures will have that shirt in it, and guess what he had on? That shirt. So we have fond memories of the day he showed up in his paradise weird shirt to the hospital And uh, the baby came when the baby wanted to come. Listen, dreams come at their own speed. You can't make the dreams of God show up when you want them to. If we could, all of us would have babies, uh, dream babies at the wrong time. Because I was ready for the babies to come when I was about four months pregnant. A lot of times moms get impatient. They want things before it's time, before things are developed, before lungs are able to breathe, before things are able to do their thing. But she's waiting. Can you imagine waiting for this baby to come forth and knowing that the minute that the baby is delivered, there's going to be someone coming to try to kill that child. As a mother, every instinct would be to protect, to provide, to help. And she's sitting there knowing, I know of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, I'm asking you to protect this child. And God had a plan for Moses. He had a plan that would take a mother and a midwife. You know, midwives do not show up until it is time for you to deliver. You can call them at four months. They're not coming. You can call them at five months. They're still not coming. They want to know that they know that they know that you are in labor before they show up. Midwives are for a purpose. But God has called in the church, in the kingdom of God, people to carry visions and to birth them into existence. And he has just as much anointed other people. And sometimes you get to be both in a lifetime. To stand beside other people and to say, you can do this. Make, help them. Make it easier. Make it more comfortable. Encourage them in the process. And when they look at you, for you to look back at them When they say, I can't do this anymore, you look back at them and you say, oh, yes, you can. And the dream of God is going to come to pass. Maybe, yeah, that may be you right now. 
Everybody has different seasons. Maybe you've had lots of dreams birthed in your life, and you know the process of laboring and delivering those dreams. You understand in fullness what it is to bring forth a dream of God. Then you get the choice, the, the luxury and the privilege of standing beside someone else and saying, man, I believe in the dream of God in you. I believe that you're called to do this. I know that you're strong enough. I know that you're courageous enough. I believe beyond a shadow of a doubt that we will have this dream baby in your life. And I'm going to stand beside you and I'm going to help you and I'm going to encourage you and I'm going to bring you ice chips in the spirit until God, I'm going to hydrate you. I'm going to love you. I'm going to speak good over you. I'm not going to say you can't do it. I'm going to say you can do it. I am going to be a midwife in your midst that encourages you all the way through the process. And then I am not going to take your dream and throw it in a river. I am going to take your dream and I'm going to help you nurture it until it is strong. She needed those midwives. Those midwives were vital to that baby's delivery. They were vital to its life, and they were vital to its survival. Why? Because they didn't do what they were called by Pharaoh to do, because they did what they were called by God to do. Each and every one of us in our life, in the kingdom, in our journey with God, we, we will get an opportunity at some point to be a midwife for someone who needs Jesus to deliver the dream in their heart. Each and every one of us that are mature in our faith will get the opportunity from God to stand by someone and to help them. And we will also have the ability from God to not give up when it gets hard. Now here his mother comes and she takes this baby when it is time. She's protected it. She's provided for it. Maybe you've gotten the dream off the, off the ground and you're just right here saying, God, what are you going to do with it? I want to tell you today that if you will give that dream over to God. If you won't think that you're the only one that can take care of it. If you will actually trust God enough to give him what you believe that you're the only one that can help. Have you ever had something in your life that you just didn't want to trust God with? That you feel like if you send it down the river and you let it go that it's never going to come back to you? She felt that way. I know she did. And as she put him in the basket, she released Moses down the river. I don't mean you don't have to do anything for that dream because she sent a sister to run after it. And that sister ran down that riverbed and she watched that baby as it floated towards its destiny. As it got to the place that it needed to go, even though it was outside of her hands, sometimes God uses us to birth something and then to release it down the river of God and let it get to the place that it needs to be to receive all that it needs to receive to be the success that it's called to be. Some of you have already experienced this as you've sent your children out into the world. Some of you have built businesses and then sold them and watched as they become all that they, are, that they were created to be, even though they're not directly in your hands. Some of you, right now, you're asking God, why does it look like I'm losing this? And today, I'm telling you, God's speaking to you and saying, if you will trust me with your life, with even what you create, if you will trust me in this, says God, I will open up the windows of heaven and pour you out blessing that you 
you don't even have room to receive. As it floated down the river, Pharaoh's daughter decided that she was going to raise that child, but she had no way to feed it. And because his mother was so faithful in the releasing, God allowed her to have many more months with that child as she fed and nurtured it. And I believe with all my heart spoke destiny over him. Moses, you are called. She didn't get to name the baby. She didn't get any of the credit. She did get paid to feed the baby. I wish I got paid to feed the three babies I fed. She sat over that baby and spoke into it. Who has God called you to mother? Not just women, but men. Who has God called in this room today to take a dream of God and to speak life over it? To say, listen, you are going to become a man of, or a woman of God. You are going to be who God's called you to be. You're going to go and you are going to be a deliverer. You are going to be a deliverer. I believe she spoke over him. You are going to be a great leader. You are going to be a deliverer. And in the end, because she was faithful, not in what people thought she should do, because in their view, she should have mothered that child until he was an adult. But in God's view, she did what God asked her to do with that child. And when she held that baby in her arms, she spoke destiny over him. Because of her faith, because of her trust, because of her love, God took him and made him a great deliverer for the people of God. He made him a great deliverer for the people of God. What is it in your life that God has called you to speak over until it finds itself to maturity? And you look at that thing and say, wow, God, you did more with that than I could have ever done in a million years if I'd tried. Some of you today, you have something in your heart and you're trying to hold on to it, but today God's word for you is release it to me, trust in me, and I will be faithful to complete the good work that I began in you. I will be faithful to complete the good work that I began in in you. That is the promise of God. Will you stand on your feet this morning? Mothers are incredible. Mothers are incredible. Today, I want to tell you that if you're a mother, maybe in the natural, maybe in the spiritual, maybe you've been an adoptive mother, a foster mother, all of those things, God is looking at you and saying, trust me. Maybe you're in here today and you're not a mother, but you have a dream of God that you're birthing in this life. And God's saying, trust me with it. Don't hold back. Don't keep it to yourself. Release it to me and watch it come into fruition. Maybe you're here today and you say, Jesse, that spoke to me. I know I'm called to be a midwife right now. I've got this person in my life and I'm called to stand by them, hydrate them, love them, make them more comfortable, encourage them, tell them they can do it. And when they think they can, I look at them and say, oh, but you will. I don't know who you are in the story. There are so many players. We can't play every role in every story, but every role is vitally important to the purposes of God. 
Today, whoever you are, and if that's talking to your heart, I want you just to bow your head this morning. I'm going to pray over you. If you'd say, Jesse, man, one of the, a part of this sermon is just hitting home with me today. I'm believing God's going to use me in some of these areas that you've been talking about. I just want you to lift one hand to heaven if you feel comfortable with that. You just lift a hand to heaven. Father, right now, I pray over these precious people of God. Lord, you have plans and you have purposes for them. Things that we don't even understand completely in the natural. Something on the inside of us, God, is responding to your call for us. And today, we say that we lean into you. We trust you with our destiny, with our vision, with our purposes. Father, we lean into you. We lean not into our own understanding, but in all our ways, we acknowledge you and you direct our paths. Father, today I thank you that not one of these dreams, not one vision, not one role in the story will drop by the wayside or be broken off or go dormant or not be used. But Father, today I pray that each and every one will be birthed into fullness. Father, that it will go all the way to the end with strength and destiny will be accomplished because we were faithful. We lean into you today, God. We thank you that you are the author and you are the finisher of our faith. And we trust in you today, God. In Jesus' mighty, mighty name we pray. If you agree, just say amen. Amen.